The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. If love is a muscle, how well are you developing yours? And don't you think it's wise to develop your love muscles before they need to last you a lifetime in commitment and others begin to depend on the strength of those muscles? My suggestion is that you begin early to work out and develop the strength of your love muscles before you make lifelong commitments and ask others depend on your ability to love well. So this series, First Comes Love, right, based on a little taunt song of, I don't know, let me pick on somebody. Who can I pick on? I already picked on uh, Jay and Margaret. I don't know, Spencer and Madi. They're, you know, they're, Spencer is doing our, our online campus hosting. And so, you know, the song goes something like, I don't know, Spencer and Madi sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes all those little babies in the baby carriage. And so, you know, we, we see this little taunt. Um, here they are kissing, and then they eventually fall in love, and then they get married and they have little babies. And so you kind of know what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. But this series is really for those, and specifically this message, is for those who want to date, and they want to find someone that's going to be the right person while they're dating. Maybe you are, you are dating and you want to get dating right. Or maybe you're married and you want to keep it happily married. And so I want to make sure this message and this series is really applicable for, for, for most of you. I mean, there may be a few exceptions, somebody who just has zero interest in romance and all of that. But I think most of you can find yourself in a place or will find yourself in a place where this message will be really practical. By the way, this is one of those messages I hope that you will share, that you'll tag friends uh, online, you'll, you'll share it on social media, you'll even email it out or send a link or share a link with your kids, with your family, so others join you. You know, really during the pandemic, one of the things that really jumped out was this whole idea of like, what do you do now? I mean, how do people meet each other? How do you fall in love? And how do you find someone to love? And how do you date? And so online dating really skyrocket. Well, I don't know if it skyrocketed, but it became kind of the only way that people could connect and hook up. But it also revealed all of the problems with online dating. Now, this is kind of a foreign language to me, so I, I have to admit right off the bat that I do a bunch of research because I'm not like an expert on online dating. So this is my confession. So I read a whole bunch of scholarly articles. I try to listen to some people who are writing and, you know, people, psychologists, authors writing about online dating. And then I talked to a few people about this. And so I realized that there are a bunch of apps out there for dating, like OkCupid. Is, is that a thing? I think that's a thing. Some of you are, you're not sure. All of you are married, you better not know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know there's this thing called Tinder. Uh, I've heard that that's not very good. Uh, so I heard about OkCupid. I know that people are using all the regular social media apps to try to find someone. And so I read like, you know, some of the dangers of this, some of the things to be aware of. And the obvious ones that I know I've warned my daughters about is like, you know, obviously there are predators out there and there's a danger, right? Like you don't really know who's behind the profile. 
like just be brutally honest, like you have no idea who's really on the other side of the computer or the other side of the device. And so there's those obvious dangers. But then what I've learned as I studied this was like all these other problems. And by the way, if I use a term that I should not have used, forgive me, because I research it, but I like, like I'm like, so I, like, I was even uh, reluctant. Like there's this term like catfishing. Am I allowed to say, is that a, hopefully that's not like a bad term. <laughs> I know it's a bad thing, but I hope I'm, hope I'm allowed to say it. But I, I think that what it means is that you put up a fake profile. It's not really you. Like it's a guy who puts up like, I'm like a really muscular guy and it's like totally fake. And like they're catfishing, I think for women who are going to like go after it and they might be predators or they might just be jerks. Um, but beyond fake profiles, there's a whole problem of like, can you really trust the profile? of the person who's posting it. And so like what I read was somebody put like, yeah, so if a, um, uh, guys, if a woman says she's 40-ish, she means she's 48. If a, okay, but women, uh, if a guy says he's 40-ish, he means he's 52. And he's only looking for somebody who's around 25. And uh, I read that, I was like, come on ladies, you could do better than guys like that. Uh, they said that if, if a woman says that she's romantic, what she means is that she looks better under candlelight. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, if she says that she's, she likes conversation, it means that she will never shut up. Uh, if a guy says that he's huggable, what he means is that he needs to lose 50 pounds and he's got more hair on his back than a bear. <laughs> so this is what I learned about online dating. In addition to getting ghosted, which apparently means that the person just suddenly disappears and cuts off all, cuts off like all communication from you. And you're like, where did they go? Oh, I, this is really crazy. Um, but then somebody sent me a link and I was like, wow, I, you know, I should have put a, a, a survey out there just to learn from you guys. But um, somebody who works in the banking industry, they sent me a link and they said that uh, the number one growing crime of fraud is online romance scams. So they actually will use the, 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 route, the rows of, of a romance to lure people in and then start asking for money. So just right off the bat, if somebody's asking for money, if, for money from you, it's fake. End it now. That's what I learned. If they're asking for a dollar, cut it off. They're, they're phony, it's bad, it's try, they're trying to cheat you. Treat you. Uh, $300 million have been stolen from people through uh, romance financial scams. This is crazy. I mean, that's a serious problem with online dating. I mean, this is insane. Uh, in addition, uh, just thinking about this idea of online dating, uh, especially during a pandemic, is that all of your communication is happening through social media, through apps, through digital means, almost no face-to-face. So can you really trust this person? Can you have authentic, real communication? Apparently this is like a growing reality because this is literally how couples are developing their communication skills. They're just shooting texts to each other. And you know they don't ever really learn to work through conflict, to work through issues. And if you know anything about marriage relationship, you're gonna have to learn to work through some conflict. Um, and so I just wanna jump in right there and say, you know, one of the challenges we have is that we have all these problems with, you know, 2021 dating, and then you add on to that the kind of advice that you get. And so I'm just gonna jump in, I'm gonna give you a challenge right off the bat. And so I wrote this down because I wanna make sure you make a note of this. The key is this, shallow dating creates shallow relationships. Whatever dating you do, that's the kind of relationship you're gonna build. 
Okay? So if you have bad communication in your dating, you're going to have bad communication in your relationship. If you have a shallow dating relationship, guess what kind of relationship that's going to create? A shallow relationship. Now, if you, if you translate that to the idea of working out and developing the love muscles, well, then let's, let's just um, play this out in an obvious logical sequence. Shallow dating creates shallow relationships. You know what shallow relationships create? Okay, shallow relationships are too weak to survive the heavy life challenges. Thank you. Would you online just kind of shout this out? All right. I want to make sure you don't miss this. Because if you want a relationship that's going to last a lifetime, and and it's going to be able to carry the weight of the challenges of a pandemic, of sickness, of of whatever you're going to make a commitment when you get married, like for richer, for poorer. Oh, shallow relationships can usually survive the richer. Can they survive the poor? In sickness and in health, shallow relationships can survive the health. Can they survive the in sickness till death parts us? Shallow relationships are too weak to survive heavy life challenges. And then we wonder why when couples get into the heavy stuff, their marriage begins to fall apart because they never develop past the shallow or the weak. And I am not trying to embarrass you. I am not trying to insult you. Uh, If you're a married couple, I'm going to talk about marriage next, right? So, you know, Spencer and Madi Sinatry, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, first comes love, then comes marriage. So we're gonna, so next week I'm going to talk about the marriage part, and then comes the baby and the baby carriage. After that, I'll talk about babies, okay? And not how to make babies, just how to survive having babies. Um, but but here, here's really what I want to challenge you. I want to talk about, I'm talking about dating today. And so the, the, this message is about not developing a dating relationship that is so shallow that it develops a shallow relationship relationship that is too weak to survive the heavy life stuff. So if you want a strong relationship, then you got to date in a way that develops strong love muscles. But too often we get the advice from people who've messed it up. They've done everything wrong and then they write the books and they do podcasts and they put posts out about everything they did, not even about what they did wrong, about all the things you should do based on what they did wrong. And can I just tell you, don't get your dating dating advice from people who did not date well. If you want a relationship like they had, then by all means date the way they dated and take their advice. But if you don't want what most couples have, you're going to have to do this differently. In fact, that's what I wrote down. So I, hopefully some of you are like screenshotting this. Parents, maybe you should be screenshotting this or taking some pictures so that you can pass this on to your kids. But here's my key quote for you. This is, really, this is one of the things I want to make sure you don't miss. If you don't want a relationship like most couples have, don't date the way most couples date. Okay. I feel like maybe, okay, let me just read it again. If you don't want a relationship like most couples have, don't do, don't date like most couples date. Meaning you can't take advice from a bunch of people who dated badly and expect to have a good dating relationship that produces strong depth that can last a lifetime. So here's my key. Date differently. this is my key beyond dating differently. I would just give you a challenge. Do it differently. Just do life different. 
if you want the results that most people have gotten, then you can do whatever they did. But if you want different results, then you have to do life differently than most people do it. And so when it comes to dating, can I just challenge you to date differently? In life, if you want what you've never had, then you have to do what you've never done before. And so can I challenge you that maybe you've dated and it hasn't worked out well, but you want a different outcome than you had in the past, then you're probably going to have to date different than the way you did before. And if you want different results than those in your past or those who've given you bad advice before, then you're going to have to date differently. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick deep dive into dating differently by looking at one of the few biblical stories, I meaning we're going to look at the Bible. And in this series, we're going through a couple, we're going through different couples and the lessons we can learn from either their mistakes or the things they did well. And in this example, we're fast forwarding a couple thousand years to the life and the story of Solomon. Now, in general, Solomon would not be one of the best examples for how to do life and love really well always. But in this particular moment, he did it really well, so well that God used Solomon and his dating relationship, his engagement, his marriage, and the intimacy of their marriage as an example to show off to those who would come after them. And so we look at the Song of Songs, which is a, a bunch of poems, or it's written in poetry, but it's this romantic story of King Solomon falling in love with a peasant. It's kind of like the early Cinderella story. Um, and, and here is this kind of peasant woman who she falls in love with the king, the king falls in love with her, and they begin this courtship. Eventually they get married, and then, and then the Song of Songs reveals the intimacy of their marriage in really explicit but discreet terms so that you could read it to your children. You might blush, but they wouldn't fully understand what's going on. And uh, so it's, it's, it's gentle, it's discreet, it's respectful. And um, in the Song of Songs, we, we discover a few key principles about how to date differently. Now remember, we're also going back to 1000 BC where they didn't date the way we date, but there are lessons that you can apply to today. So let's jump in. We're going to go into a few verses. I'm not going to obviously read the whole book to you, but I want to pull out a few verses. Like a lily among thorns. By the way, I was careful in what I chose. So if, parent, if you're getting ready to cringe because you're like, oh no, what is he going to read? I'm not going to read about the fawns uh, or other things. But like a lily among the thorns is my darling among the young women. Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest is my beloved among the young men. So they're, they're actually saying this back and forth. Like the woman says, like a lily among the thorns is my darling among, among young women. And then she says, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, my beloved is among the young men. You guys stand out. You're different. There's something unique about you. I delight to sit in his shade. There's something protective. There's something... Um, that shields me from danger and threats from being burned. His fruit is sweet to my taste. Let him lead me into the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. And another translation says, he leads me into his banquet hall and his banner over me is love. And this is a picture. Uh, in ancient times, a banner could be both uh, a banner that leads in a battle or a covering like an umbrella. And she's saying, He's covering me. He's protecting me with his love. He's giving me a blanket of security and safety. Do not, and, and then they both say, do not arouse or awaken love 
until it so desires. They're saying there's a right timing to romance. There's a right timing to intimacy. And then if you jump ahead a few more verses, we get to this one. It says this, um, my beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. See, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth and the season of singing has come. And what they're saying is regarding romance, regarding intimacy, there is a right timing, there's a right sequence, and there's a right season through the different aspects of love and relationship and intimacy and, se and, and sexual experience. And the key takeaway I want to challenge you with is this. If you want to date differently, right? So I, I told you, if you, want to, if you want different results, you got to do it differently. If you don't want what other couples have, then you got to do something different than most couples do. I want, you to, I want to challenge you to date differently by developing the love muscles of self-control, of purity, and honor in dating. There's three muscles I really want you to work on. And each muscle is, is strengthened by loving. So in dating, what muscles are you working out? The love muscles of self-control, of purity, and of honor. Every couple, you're dating. You want to date. You're a young person. You want to date. Well, you know what? Forget young person. Wherever you are in life, but you want to be dating. In dating, you should be working on the muscles of self-control, purity, and honor. The challenge is that we go in, most people go into dating, not for self-control, but for self-satisfaction or for self-fulfillment to get from someone what they want and what they need. So they compromise their purity and settle for lust. And instead of honor, which is, which is valuing and respecting someone, they value their own needs and use other people. Why? Because too often we go into dating and into romance because we're looking for the right one to make us right and to make us feel right about life. And the challenge with that is that you're never going to meet anyone who can make you right, and you're never going to meet Mr. Right or the right one that is going to make life right. Why? Well, I shared this in my previous message, but here's a, here's a challenge. Because no one can ever satisfy our deepest longings and our greatest desires, because we are broken at the core, broken by sin. And as a result, whatever it is that would allow us to say, I will love you forever, that part of us is fractured and broken. We can't love well, because spiritually, we are broken. Spiritually, we are empty. Because we're spiritually empty, any ability to love someone faithfully, unconditionally, with self-control, purity, and honor is fractured inside of us. And so we go looking for someone to satisfy us that can never do that, except the one, the only one, Jesus. In fact, when you go back before Jesus to this story of, this, of the song called the Song of Songs of Solomon, they revealed the secret to their romance and their love. We're going to jump a little to the end, toward the end of the book, and, and they go like this. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, as its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire. Now, interestingly, many scholars, biblical scholars, Hebrew scholars, have, have researched this term, and it's like, what was Solomon saying? 
It's, it burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench this kind of love, this fiery, powerful love. Rivers cannot wash it away. What love is he referring to? Well, when he gets to this part where he says, this love is a fire like a blazing flame, he actually uses the word yah. And, and many scholars have included what, he's, what they're saying. It's the only time that God is mentioned in this entire love story and saying, the fuel of our love fire is sourced from the divine. We have a fire that comes from God that fills us with love that then allows us to be, to be with and love each other in a way that fulfills and satisfies. And so they're saying the source of our love is not ourselves and not our romance, not our sexual desire, but God himself. And so I would challenge you that what fills spills. Jesus is the only one that can be the one that will ever make your life right or or get or be Mr. Right in your life. And so you and I need to start with faith in Jesus Christ, where Jesus came to die on a cross to pay the price for our sins, rose from the dead to give us victory over sin, over death, and over forever judgment. So right now, before you think about dating, before you think about love, before you think about romance, before you think about Valentine's Day and what you might or might not be doing, can I encourage you that your love relationship begins and ends with Jesus? And if we, maybe you're a little love sick or a little heartbroken, maybe things aren't going well in the area of love, maybe they are, but you're trying to pull from each other what you can never be given, can I challenge you to begin through faith in Jesus Christ. If that's the commitment you're making, would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81411. Simply, you're making a commitment to believe in Jesus by faith. You're receiving the love of God that fills and then spills. Now, we don't go to Jesus so that we can date differently. We go to Jesus because we need God's love. He's the, his love is the, is the flame, the mighty fire of love that burns inside of us that is more than enough. And when God is more than enough, then you're full, you're filled. Your love tank is filled. You have all that you need. Then and only then can you date well because you're not looking for someone else to satisfy your deepest longing and your deepest desires. I hope this makes sense. But now let me, let me challenge you with this. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you're not using him to make your life better, but he will help you be better at life. You can't help it. When, you, when, when his love fills and it begins to spill, you get better at life. And so here's what happens. God gives you his love, but he doesn't just drop his love in your life and then it starts to spill. It's more like his love enters you and then you have to get stronger in the love of God. You gotta begin to work out that love in your life like a muscle. And so when you read the story of the Song of Songs, what you notice over and over, they use a lot of metaphors, a lot of word pictures. And most of those word pictures, there are some sensual ones, but most of them early on in the book are them commenting about things that they notice about each other that really are them noticing, like the man noticing the woman's virtue and her noticing his godly character, his faithfulness, his strength of integrity. Excuse me, that really touched me. His strength of integrity. Um, 
him noticing not just her virtue, but her purity, her honesty, her like just the innocence in her life. That's what they talk about back and forth. And the key is they were noticing how the other had developed the, the love muscle of character. You and I were, well, in your dating, develop the love muscle of character. Now, look, if you're already married, you can still develop the love muscle of character, but it is harder in marriage, isn't it? It's harder to go back and rebuild those muscles and get it right after you put so much weight on them because then they begin to strain. You begin to pull a muscle, like pulling a hamstring on a, on a long run, right? So it's better to develop the muscles before you need them to last a lifetime. Develop the, mus- the love muscle of character. Well, how, how do you do this? Well, let me give you a couple quick challenges. I want you to make some commitments. You're, in, you're, you're right now, you're, you're in the dating relationship. I want you to make a commitment. Or maybe before you start dating, here's the commitments I want you to make. I will not, what, what I want you to challenge you with, I will not sacrifice or surrender my relationship with Jesus. If you're not yet dating, or if you're leaning into dating, or you're in a relationship, you're going to develop your love muscle of character by making some commitments. I will never sacrifice or surrender my relationship with Jesus. When I get into this relationship, when we begin a date, if that other person is, starts pulling me away from my love for God, then this relationship is going to end because this one's not. The, the person you're with should be pulling you closer to God, not further away from God. If you're running after Jesus and they're running after Jesus, you should be getting closer together. If you're running after Jesus and they're not, then when you start going toward them, they'll pull you away from Jesus. So you can kind of detect how well they're loving Jesus based on whether they're pulling you closer to God or further from God. And in dating, that should be a warning sign. Never sacrifice or surrender my relationship with Jesus. Are they encouraging you to love God more? Are they encouraging you to be generous to God? Are they encouraging you to connect with the church? If not, maybe you should let them go rather than letting God go. Make a commitment. I will not compromise my godly standards. Here is, here's the key here. You need to raise your standards and make a commitment that you will never compromise your godly standards. If someone, if someone is pushing you to compromise your standards, they are looking out for themselves, not for you. And finally, make a commitment that you will not play house. If you play house, you are only playing and not building. And if you are not building, you are not strengthening and establishing a home that will last a lifetime. You're just playing around, and I assure you that eventually it will come to a tragic end. So, you need to build, develop the love muscles of character, integrity, honesty, being a person who is godly. Now, let, let me keep reading for you. Let me give you a couple quick, more, few more challenges. Uh, the, a couple more verses in the book of Songs. Let him lead me to the banquet hall and let his banner over me be love. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Now, I read these verses already. Let me give you the key takeaway. Develop the love muscles of self-control and honor. Isn't that what we just read? He brings to the table 
a banner of love, of safety, of protection. He honors her. He protects her. And they say, don't arouse and awaken love until it's ready. There's a right season. There's a right timing to this. And so the key is that you, through dating, you develop the love muscles of self-control and honor. And this is mutual, right? Like together, you need to work on these muscles. So here, here's the key. Imagine it like a workout. So you, you've got your protein shakes. You got all of the weights in the room. You got the best trainer and the best training plan. Are you strong? And have you built endurance? No. You have all of the potential for strength and endurance. What are you missing? Hard work and time. A relationship needs hard work and time to develop strength and genuine love muscles. So you leverage the dating to develop self-control and honor, right? Self-control means that we respect that God's later is better. Like, what, wait for God's best later than what you want now. Anytime you take something that God is saving for later and you take it now, it will destroy what God has given in your life. You will wreck God's best. And so recognize that you have to wait for the ultimate rather than the immediate. Wait for later rather than now because usually God's best requires time and work and so you get it later. So specifically when you think about sexual fulfillment, that is something that is not best set in a dating relationship. It is designed by God for later in the perfection or in the, in the strength of a marriage relationship. And so you have to wait Till later, right? And so always be thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up the immediate for the ultimate. I'm giving up the now for the later. And then this idea of honor is that I treat the person with weightiness or of significant value, which means I don't disrespect them. I don't ever do something that would cause them to regret what we've done. I, I, I treat their needs with more value and honor than my own. Let's give one more quick principle. I am a rose of Sharon, she said, a lily of the valleys. Like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. That's, that's his response back. The, the thing is, he, he recognizes her as a treasure, as a, as a delicate flower. Develop the muscle of purity. Too many people, you know, they'll say, well, I'm not planning on, I mean, nobody plans on getting abused in a relationship. I don't think many people go into a dating relationship to get pregnant out of marriage, to have a crisis teenage pregnancy. I mean, nobody plans on this. But the challenge is that not planning is planning to fail and to fall. And so you got to have a plan before you need the plan. And if someone doesn't respect your plan, then they don't respect you and you need to get out of that relationship. All right, so the key here is developing the muscle of purity, which means protecting your innocence, protecting your sexuality, protecting your mind and your body from impurity, which means anything that would corrupt and ruin your life, and the purity of your heart. Now, don't think that this is just about virginity or, or, or sexual impurity. I'm talking about anything and everything that fits into the right now, regardless of what's been done in the past. God wants you to walk in purity from this moment forward. 
You need to develop the muscle of purity by saving for later what you want now. Be willing to wait for God's best. Be willing to to walk in purity and protect your mind, protect your words, protect your the relationship and the physical aspects of relationship until the right setting comes, which is that vow of, for, of, of lifetime love. And so would you delay what you want? I, I assure you that delaying is not denying. God is not a killjoy trying to rob you of his best. His best is best set in the setting of marriage. I want to give you one quick verse and then we'll wrap this up. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? And what she's saying is there's a bunch of prostitutes that chased after the king's men looking to hook up. And she's like, I don't want a quick fling. Here's, I gave you a couple key thoughts. She said, I don't want to be like all the other women who are just running off with guys. Guys, watch out for women who are going to show you everything they've got now before you're married because it's probably all they've got. Ladies, watch out for guys that don't treat you with honor. They don't treat you with respect. They're not self-controlled and they don't honor your purity today. They're not worth it. They'll only leave you heartbroken and hurt. So I want to challenge you. Date differently. You want different results? Do it differently. If you don't want what other couples have, then don't date the way other couples date. Do it differently. Date differently by developing the muscles of self-control, of honor, of purity. God's best is waiting for you as you strengthen and develop those muscles. Now, I want to I land this message by giving you a challenge. I've spoken to dating couples those maybe that are thinking about dating, but I realize that there's some of you that you're feeling hurt and heartbroken, just kind of reflecting back on regret. That is not our heart here. God is not a God of regret. He is a God of healing. He is a God of love. And he wants to wash away the pain. He wants to renew your heart. He wants to strengthen your marriage. He wants to give you the love that you can build a dating relationship that will last a lifetime. And so I just want to pray wholeness over you. I want to pray peace over you. Jesus, that's what I ask right now. Would you bring healing to every hurting heart? For everyone that's just feeling like the regret that they they didn't even, they wish they had this sermon 20 years ago. God, would you heal those hearts? But God, now we all kind of collectively come together and we're saying we want to see these young couples, we want to see people that are beginning a dating relationship, that we want them to get it right. We want them to follow your counsel, your best, rather than a lot of mess that the world around us offers. So God, I pray that, that these young people, I pray that those that are single again, I pray that those that are beginning dating, that they would, they would take hold of your best rather than settling for something less. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.